Welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road Church in Guildford, UK. Thank you for joining us on the journey, wherever you are in the world. You can find out more about who we are and what we're up to at EmmausRoad.com. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would give us ears to hear what you're saying and hearts that are able to receive your word today. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and speak to us by your word. Amen. So this is uh, the fourth in our series uh, going through the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, those are listed in 1 Corinthians 12 and one or two other places in the New Testament. And uh, our sort of logo for the series is this Mr. Potato Head uh, figure, uh, partly because one of the great things with the gifts of the Spirit is that they are for the building of the body, and uh, everyone gets to, you know, put a bit on. And also, we just love the sense of it being playful and fun. Uh, We don't want to be weird about the supernatural. We want to be natural about it. And uh, there is something playful. John Wimber used to uh, say, everybody gets to play with the toys. And so our prayer is that each one of us can grow uh, in our understanding of, but also our effectiveness in experimenting and playing with the gifts of the Holy Spirit for Christ's glory. And today we're looking at discerning the voice of, of God. Most of the gifts of the Holy Spirit are centered on discerning the voice of God. If we think about prophecy, which Hannah is going to be speaking about more explicitly in three weeks' time, it's about hearing God's word and speaking it. If we think about words of knowledge or words of wisdom, the discernment of spirits, And even the gift of tongues, which sounds like talking, that Bill spoke about last week, is also about God speaking to us. Because as Bill reminded us, uh, through speaking in tongues, uh, we are edified. God speaks to us when we don't have any other way of understanding. And it's been wonderful actually seeing the fruit already of the series Uh, So uh, the young people are tracking with uh, us as we look at these things together. And uh, just this week, uh, one of the teenagers who has been struggling deeply with uh, an area of just colossal pain and brokenness in his own life testified to the other teenagers that through receiving the gift of tongues a few weeks ago, he said, it's, it's been the single biggest help because whenever I'm really entering the, the, the hard times, I, I don't know what to pray. I pray in tongues. And as a, a response to this, some of the other teenagers said, will you pray for us? And so this teenager prayed for four or five of our young people just a few days ago, and they all received the gift of tongues. And that's a tool that's going to go with them for the rest of their lives. And so the Lord is moving and blessing us as we push into the gifts of his spirit. And of course, um, listening to God and listening to one another really, really matters. Uh, And uh, 
I found this uh, lovely exchange in a newspaper. I know it's a little bit hard for you to read, but uh, uh, this is uh, what happened. A lady called Sheila wrote, it's entitled Why Men Shouldn't Write Advice Columns. Uh, 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 a lady called uh, Sheila wrote to someone called John, Dear John, I hope you can help me. The other day I set off for work leaving my husband in the house watching TV. My car stalled and then it broke down about a mile down the road. I had to walk back to get my husband's help. And when I got home, I couldn't believe my eyes. He was in our bedroom with the neighbor's daughter. I am 32, my husband is 34, the neighbor's daughter's 19. We've been married for 10 years. And when I confronted him, he broke down and admitted they had been having an affair for the past six months. He won't go to counseling. I'm afraid I'm a wreck. I need advice urgently. Can you help, please? Sincerely, Sheila. Tragic. Uh, situation. Unfortunately, this was John's reply. Dear Sheila, a car stalling after being driven a short distance can be caused by a variety of faults with the engine. Start by checking there is no debris in the fuel line, and if it is clear, check the vacuum pipes and hoses on the intake manifold, and also check all grounding wires. If none of these approaches solves the problem, it could be that the fuel pump itself is faulty, causing low delivery pressure to the injectors. I hope this helps. John. Oh dear, John. Listening really, really uh, matters. Uh, my wife often reminds me of this when she's trying to talk to me and I'm looking at my iPad. And she says, I want your full attention. Just raise your hand if you're feeling mildly convicted at this moment. Yes, I want your full attention. I have a sense the Holy Spirit is saying that to us. To many people in this room, others listening online, I want your full attention. We sort of listen to God, but life's kind of busy and the iPad's there. And he, he sometimes says to us, would you just give me your full attention? Would you listen to me? And uh, it is so easy to be too busy or too noisy to really be attentive to the word of God in our lives, isn't it? It's easy to move into spiritual autopilot, especially, I would suggest, at work. I meet a lot of people, especially very successful people at work, who say, well, yeah, you know, kind of I try and be a Christian, but I know how to do my job. I'm good at my job. I'm skilled at my job. The God bit is kind of, you know, I try not to sin and vaguely share my faith, but the God bit's for family and for Sundays. And actually, what if God knows more about your job than you do? <laughs> Some of you think, that's outrageous. <laughs> he's quite clever and he's quite big. I believe it's so easy to be in this autopilot in great tracts of our lives instead of prayerfully attentive. God, what are you saying about this meeting? What are you doing today? How can I serve you in this moment? And it's easy for some of us as well to assume that God wouldn't or couldn't speak to us or through someone like us. We feel unworthy for God's word. We, we sort of think, well, we know Bill's brilliant at hearing from God, but that's not me. And so we count ourselves out. And others of us, if we're really honest, and I'm sure we've all been through this, there are times in our lives when we just hide from the word of God for fear of what he might say. In fact, that was the very first thing that happened after the fall. Do you remember? Uh, God appears in the cool of the evening in the garden, and Adam and Eve hide from his presence. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, 
but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. Sammy and I have teenagers. Uh, One's actually away at the moment, but they come and gaze reverentially into the fridge. You know, it's like a moment of deep meditation. Someone they walk straight in the house. And it's quite peculiar, actually. It's like someone before some shrine. The light comes on, and they just, they're lost in wonder, love, and praise, you know? They're pretty good at attending to their physical appetites. But Jesus says, you have spiritual appetites, and if you do not attend to every word, not just the odd one, that the Father speaks, you will be malnourished spiritually. Maybe you feel a bit like that today. You feel desperate for a word from God. You need a word of encouragement or of direction. My experience is that generally God is speaking more than we're listening. You know, there are seasons when, uh, for, for various reasons we're not going to go into today, God sort of goes a little more silent. But generally, I find that God is speaking more than we are listening. It often amazes me that when I slow down and still my soul, how quickly I can tune into what God is saying. And, um, you know, if it's Mr. Potato Head, you know, the challenge is to put the ears on. Jesus often said, do you have ears to hear what I am saying? Um, I uh, I was reminded of this because... um, uh, Yesterday, um, Scott and Misty, who oversee our global mission partnerships, went to see David and Joy James, who are some of our mission partners who work in the East End of London uh, in a a predominantly Muslim context. And um, some of you will know that uh, David James used to live with Sammy and me before he was married. And um, one day we went out for a drink and, um, you know, I was trying to help him a little bit, give him a little bit of discipleship. And I just said to him... um, Dave, I just sense, you know, as I've been praying for you, I sense just God wants to put more joy in your life. You need joy in your life. I kept saying this uh, to him. And the funny thing was, um, I didn't know, he'd just met someone online and uh, was wondering about whether to proceed with the relationship, and her name was Joy. (laughs) And so as I am saying, you just need joy in your life, he was hearing it very differently, and... (laughs) They pro- he proposed to her, and they're now married with kids, serving the Lord together. God is often speaking more than we are listening. I often get it uh, wrong. This is for everyone, and everyone can get better at it. So how do we do it? How do, how do we discern the voice of God? I'm going to give you, uh, we're going to go through these quite quickly, five uh, ways in which God uh, can speak to us. The first and most obvious one is through Scripture. The Bible is the main way that God speaks. The Bible is our ultimate authority. Uh, Jesus, uh, sorry, uh, the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, so, so the Bible is useful, and it will equip us, and it will train us, and it will correct us. 
And of course, that's one of those things that we sit in church and go, yes, of course, the Bible is very important. Amen. But you would be amazed how often Sammy and I sit in pastoral counseling situations, even with members of this church. And as they open up, they share about all sorts of different things, often very moving. And, um, uh, you know, the, the, and the, the, the challenges they're facing and the things they're sensing and the things they're struggling with. And quite often we end up just bringing them back to, yeah, but what does the Bible say about who you are? What does the Bible say about how to do marriage? What does the Bible say about how to handle your finances? And, and sometimes they look at us a bit shocked. Don't hassle me with the Bible. I'm telling you what's going on. But the Bible is the ultimate revelation of God's heart and purpose. And this hyper-subjective world in which we live, it anchors us in timeless and universal truth. And if we're going to use the Bible well in discerning God's Word, can I suggest that we need to try to read it systematically and not like the Ikea catalogue? You know the Ikea catalogue, there's a lot, it's, a bit, it's big, there's a lot in there. And so no one in their right mind reads every bit of the Ikea catalogue. You flick through and, ooh, that caption, ooh, I like that. And then you flick, ooh, I like that. And we often like that with the Bible. We flick through for our favourite little verse. Or, you know, ooh, I like this bit, John 3.16, I'll have that. God says I'm really, really nice in the message version. Ooh, I'll have that, you know. But actually, if we are to grow in a discernment of God's will and purposes, we must understand the big narrative of Scripture, how it fits together, the context for those favorite verses. That's one of the reasons why I, I, I love the Bible in one year, and I, I, I do it every day. Uh, and, and It's just a brilliant app. I know some of you have started it this year. Can I encourage you? Here we are approaching March. Don't give up. Let's keep pushing in. And there are bits that I think, oh, do I really need this chapter from Leviticus today? But what I'm trying to do is read, get the whole story. Imagine the end of your life. You say, I've been a Christian for X many years. And someone says to you, did you ever read the whole Bible? <laughs> and so let's try and read systematically. But also, let's try and read the Bible prayerfully. If I'm honest, one of the problems with the Bible in one year is I can sometimes tick the box and think, well, I've done it. And actually, sometimes I need to slow down and allow a particular phrase or a particular word to strike me and speak into my situation and respond in prayer. We, we believe, don't we, in, in, a, in a conversation with God. And Mark Batterson, in his brilliant book, Circle Maker, says this, If prayer is a dialogue, think of Scripture as God's part of the script and prayer as our part. Scripture is God's way of initiating a conversation with you and prayer is our response. The paradigm shift happens when you realize the Bible wasn't meant to be read through. The Bible was meant to be prayed through. And if you pray through it, you'll never run out of things to talk to God about. Every page of the Bible is a conversation starter, is some piece of revelation into your life. Now, there are some Christians who want to just stop there. Thank you very much. Discerning the voice of God, he said that uh, the Bible is authoritative. Let's end. But we cannot end there. And I'll tell you one of the reasons we can't. Because the Bible itself tells us that God speaks to us in lots of ways other than the Bible. So if you're going to be biblical, you will believe in God speaking beyond the Bible. I'm not saying above or, uh, you know, sort of in any way undermining the Bible, but that there are other ways God will speak to us. And one of them, of course, one that we're quite familiar with in this church is prophecy. 
God's supernatural revelation to us. In 1 Corinthians 14, the Apostle Paul says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. When you uh, bring God's word to somebody prophetically, you strengthen, encourage, and comfort them. I had this on Friday. I, I was driving along and talking to Sammy. We were talking about some stuff that's going on and uh, some of the uh, uh, um, challenges and uh, some of the difficulties around that particular situation. And, and we were both really feeling the emotion of it. And as we were talking, uh, my phone buzzed. Sammy looked at it. I was driving. And it was a text message from someone in Los Angeles saying, I don't know why God has put you on my heart. And he's telling me to pray for you. And here is the specific thing I sense him saying. And it was almost word for word speaking God's encouragement to us in the very things we were talking about as we drove down from Oxford towards Guildford. The timing is incredible. Different time zones. God bringing encouragement, strength, and comfort just when we needed it. That was Friday. On Sundays, you know we try and make space uh, for the prophetic in uh, our midst. And sometimes it's really quite uh, remarkable how God speaks. I remember Renu standing up one week and saying, I've got a picture of a coin and there's a hole in the middle of it. And, and it's something to do with land. And I thought, oh, this is kind of pretty, you know, strange. But then uh, Pete Walker said, actually, uh, that's a Danish coin. The Danish coins have a hole in the middle. I'm Danish, and I've been wrestling with God about issues around finances, and my whole work is to do with land. And it was just the most extraordinary, specific thing. These are the stories that often are unfolding uh, as a result of making space for the prophetic on Sundays. I remember when Sammy and I moved to uh, Guildford quite soon after moving here, we went and looked at a very large house with two other families. And we were wondering, should we you know, throw all of our money together and get this enormous great uh, house together as a kind of commune, just what Guildford needs? And, um, uh, and, and, and it was all quite exciting. And we, we were wondering, is it right, isn't it? I got home and almost immediately I received a text message from someone in South Africa who knew nothing about any of this. She's someone who prays very regularly for us. And she said, God has just told me that you, you're thinking right now about entering some kind of partnership. I don't know what it is, but I just sense it's not right. It's not from God and you shouldn't do it. <laughs> and almost as soon as I re received that text, the phone rang. And uh, one of the uh, uh, men and the other couple phoned me and said, uh, 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 in fact, it was Dave, I think it was Dave. Dave said, Pete, what do you think about the house? What, should we do it? Should we do it? And I said, nope. He said, what do you mean, no? It's great. I said, nope. He said, why not? I said, God's spoken. It's not right. And I felt really holy at that moment, you know. But isn't it, wouldn't it be nice if it happened like that all the time? It was so clear. And I looked back and realized it was uh, absolutely God speaking. And it's important with your prophecies to record them, I find, because sometimes they're for now, and sometimes you think, nah, that's missed the mark. But I, I have a little file that I keep them all in, and I'll often go back and visit them. Often when I'm sitting down with people and they're trying to discern what God's doing in their lives, I'll say, what prophet, prophetic words have you received? Let's dig them out and look at them. Let's pray into them. Let's see if there's things that God's spoken about. And sometimes we just have to keep prophetic words on the back burner for a little while. So scripture, prophecy, next one. Uh, is stillness. Stillness is one of the ways in which God 
speaks to us. It is critical if we are to discern the voice of God. Dialing down, creating an inner attentiveness. Psalm 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. There's that lovely story in 1 Kings chapter 19 of Elijah up Sinai, do you remember? And uh, there's an earthquake and then there's fire that falls and it just says God was not in the earthquake and not in the fire, but then there's a gentle whisper and God's voice is in the, st- is in the still, small whisper. And I think one of the keys to us quietening ourselves like this to hear from God is to truly still our hearts. It's easy to have a noisy heart, even in a very quiet environment. You can go off on retreats, some monastery, and squirrels are there, and Earl Grey tea, and all the rest of it, but your, your heart is screaming. And then it's also possible to have a very quiet heart just on a train into work, surrounded by all the noise and the stress. I experienced this uh, in a very surprising way. We often very, are very spiritual, aren't we, about you know, just be stilling our souls. And, and there are lots of techniques around breathing and all the rest of it. But uh, I, I experienced God speaking to me through stillness um, about 10 days ago when we went to see the movie Lion at the cinema. It is stunning. It's brilliant. I don't know if it's still on. If you haven't seen it, you should go and see it. It's brilliant. And here's the deal. It wasn't just simply that God spoke to me through the film. Of course, God can speak through lyrics and films and all the rest of it. There was something else that went on. In the stillness of sitting in one place for two hours, yes, watching great film, God stepped in, began to speak to me and unlock things in me that were nothing at all to do with the film. And so, you know, everyone was sobbing by the end. If you're not sobbing at the end of Lion, you're probably dead. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's brilliant. Uh, but, but, but what I didn't understand is, is for me, it was a whole different train of things that God had done. I'd found stillness through that two hours in the cinema, and God had spoken and revealed himself in the most beautiful way in that context. Next. Dreams and visions. God speaks to us through dreams and through visions. We have um, just heard from Dave and Liz, and um, Liz referred to it, but one of the ways in which they have been uh, commissioned to go to um, uh, Ibiza is uh, that, that uh, Liz had a, a dream in which she saw a rescue boat being pulled through the streets. And then when they went out, um, they, actually, Dave and Liz came to see Sammy and said, we're going to Ibiza. And we said, have you been? They went, no. And we said, can we gently suggest that before you make a decision, you go. So they went, and they're sitting there trying to discern if is this right. And they saw, in the cafe, they saw, as most of you know, the rescue boat being pulled past that Liz had seen in her dream. Incredible. And uh, so God speaks in these kinds of ways. Do you know, in the first two chapters of Matthew's Gospel, There are five separate dreams reported that have a direct bearing on the birth and life of Jesus Christ. Five in just the first two chapters of the New Testament. And yet often we relegate dreams from our sort of spiritual menu. Uh, One uh, man who spent much of his adult life studying dreams 
wrote this. His name's John Sanford. He said, dreams are very much a part of the Christian spiritual tradition. But since about the time of Gregory the Great, they have been sadly neglected by the church as it's come to rationalism and the faith has become so institutionalized that creeds, traditions, and dogmas became more important than the relationship of the individual soul to God. Can I encourage you? I just think dreams has got to be the best way God speaks. Anything you can do while sleeping has got to be great. Who thinks, yeah, that would be nice. It's like, you know, it's a laid back, quite literally, approach to these things. And uh, ask God, God, would you begin to speak to me through my dreams and give me discernments to know which ones are you and which ones aren't? But also, uh, God speaks to us through, if you like, waking dreams, through pictures, through visions, and uh, uh, the reason there's the Happy Eater logo, that Happy Eater used to be a roadside uh, sort of diner experience. Raise your hand if you ever went to a Happy Eater. Keep your hand up if it was a happy experience for you. Just one or two. Yeah, there's, there's one or two. Defiant. I was happy in a Happy Eater. Well done, you. Um, and and uh, when I was just trying to learn about these things, this amazing, having grown up in a tradition where we knew how to listen to God in the Bible but nowhere else, and I started to discover that when the Spirit fills you, that he can speak to you and give you visions. I thought, wow, I fancy that. And I remember I was kneeling by my bed down in Rygate, uh, uh, just down the road, down the A25. Uh, and I said, God, come and give me one of these visions. I want to I I have a picture. I wanna, I'd never experienced that stuff in my own life. And uh, suddenly the only thing that came into my head was that logo, the Happy Eater logo. Uh, and, and, I, I, and then I thought, well, that can't be God, and then I thought, oh, but then if it is, and I think it is, and, and then you know when you get into that whole inner dialogue thing and you go mad unless you just do something. So, um, so I just passed my driving test, didn't have a car yet. I went to my dad, said, can I borrow the, the, the car keys? Fortunately, he didn't say why, and I drove you know, five miles to the nearest Happy Eater, which was just out of interest near Dorking, uh, and... Uh, uh, you may it's just a shed right now. If you, but anyway, I digress. And um, and I walked into that happy to like sort of like Tom Cruise. You know, I was on a mission from God. If there had been saloon doors, I'd have slammed them open. I'm here. God has led me. This is going to be the first chapter in my book. You know, and uh, and I and just nothing happened. And I just looked at everyone meaningfully. I thought that might help. And and it's interesting how meaningful looks can be misinterpreted. And then, um, and so I, I didn't know what to do, so I thought, I'll order a coffee. <laughs> but I, and I, I looked at the waitress very meaningfully. I think she looked nervous. She was just nervous, I'll be honest with you. And I thought, is the building going to burn down? You know, someone going to be in tears? Nothing happened. And eventually I thought, well, God, you kind of had your time. And I paid my bill, gave the waitress one more meaningful look, and left and vowed never to tell anyone about this embarrassing mistake that I'd made, right? And uh, here's the deal. The reason I do tell people about it now is I just have this sense that the father said to the son, what's that kid doing? <laughs> and the son said, he's going to happy eat. So the father says, what a happy eat. Oh, they're roadside. They're not going to last much longer. But um, <laughs> it's a cruel world down there. Uh, uh, and the father said, well, well, well fine, we'll... Um, Invent Starbucks instead, and, and then he said, but anyway, what's, what's he doing there? And by the way, the father didn't, definitely didn't design Starbucks. And, 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 the, and the son said, he thinks that you've told him to go there. And the father said, I like that kid. Do you know, it, God, God just likes our obedience, even when we get it wrong. No one got hurt. I got a coffee. 
I gave some people some meaningful looks, which must have been enormously encouraging for them. Um, they're probably people still remember them now. Um, might be a police file, you just don't know. But um, <laughs> Jesus says, listen to this, John 10, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. The mark of a relationship with God is that you listen for his voice and you follow him. Sometimes you'll get it wrong. But he kind of likes it, the mark of friendship when we obey, even when we do get it a little bit skew with. And of course, we can all get better all the time. Finally, God speaks to us, this is an interesting one for me, through obedience. Through obedience. Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. The mark of friendship is knowledge of God's will and obedience to his leading. And I often find that in doing the things God has told us to do, the next bit of revelation comes. Sometimes God will only give you the next step. And, and, and you want the, the game plan to get you to the next floor, and he's just given you one step. It's amazing how often in just taking that one step, the next step is revealed to you. I, I've got this theory that God is attracted to movement, because I've seen it again and again. That when people just start to move, to obey, to do stuff, even if they're getting a little bit wrong, it attracts somehow the favor and the anointing of God. And, 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 and he blesses it and brings new revelation. If you're thinking, I need a word from God, can I ask you, go back to the last thing you know he said, you, said to you and, and keep living with that word until he gives you the next thing. And of course, sometimes if we are living in consistent and deliberate disobedience, we can find it very hard to hear the word of God because our consciences can get hardened. One Thessalonians 5 verse 19 says, Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. God is speaking to you by his spirit. Let's stick the ears on the Mr. Potato Head. Let's listen to him. Let's obey him. Let's grow in friendship. How do we get this right? I've talked about getting it wrong with the happy eater thing. But of course, sometimes people get it spectacularly wrong in ways that are not helpful, that are dangerous. And I always just say there's a very simple premise, and this might be helpful for you to remember, ABC. A, B, C. A is take advice when you think God's speaking to you from just sane, wise, godly people. Take advice. B is, is this in line with the Bible, what the Bible says? And C, conscience. Listen to your inner voice. Does this sit well with me? I remember at university, there was a guy who started dating a girl. The relationship was, let's just say, a bit rocky. Um, it was always a bit awkward when they were together. Uh, we, we sort of gave the relationship a matter of weeks at most in our heads. And then one day, he heard what he thought was the audible voice of God saying he was to marry her. And he went and proposed to her. And we all thought, no. But he didn't want advice. 
I don't think he really went to the scriptures and thought, you know, does it have to work like this? And I'm not sure he even necessarily completely wanted to marry her. But he felt God had spoken. Now, I don't know what that was. It might have just been his cheese supper the night before or who knows. But sadly, the marriage lasted, well, it didn't last at all. And, you know, no matter how supernatural the revelation, you must bring it. If it's, particularly if it's directional and significant, get advice from people. Make sure it's in line with the word of God. And listen to your own conscience carefully. Conversely, we, Sammy and I have some dear friends called David and Molly Blackwell. They live in America. They were childhood sweethearts. They grew up, uh, just had a wonderful relationship, uh, left school, went to university, still great friends, loved God together, served God together. And so Dave proposed to Molly one day, and she said yes. And during their period of engagement, Dave was being uh, mentored by a guy in Kansas City, and this guy was a little bit super spiritual. And so he said to Dave, one day, has God spoken to you that this is the right woman for you? And Dave said, mm, not really. I just, we really like each other and we're good together. And, and he said, you, have, have you had a prophecy? Have you had a revelation? And David, no, we just, you know, all our friends think it's a good relationship. We really like each other a lot. But, you know, we're honoring God in our relationship. And, and Dave really was shaken by that, going, God, you've got to speak until someone sane just came in and went, mate, God is speaking. You know, he's brought you together. You're taking advice from friends. They all think this is a great relationship. The, the, the Bible definitely doesn't say you have to have an angelic visitation before you get married. And you know this sits well with your own conscience. And they got married. They have got the most beautiful marriage all these years later. So we're going to just uh, respond now by praying for some people. And, um, you know, I, I'm particularly struck by that verse we read earlier that says, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts and especially prophecy. And we're going to hear more about that in a few weeks' time. But God's, God calls you to, to long to grow in this thing of hearing his word and bringing his word to others. And I do have this sense that the Holy Spirit is saying, I want your undivided attention. I sensed as I was preparing the Lord saying, um, I'm going to bring you into a season as a church of increased revelation, increased dreams, increased uh, words of knowledge. It's, it's available to us if we will earnestly desire and ask. And um, can I encourage you, even this week in reading the Bible, to come to God's word expectantly. Not just thinking, I've got to read the Bible because it's what I should, but what would it look like to pause and think, the living God is about to speak to me. What's going to happen? Read the Bible prayerfully this week as a conversation. Ask for dreams as you go to sleep at night. I mean, it doesn't mean everything you dream will be from God. You may not dream at all. It's up to God whether he gives you that. But earnestly desire. You might just think, do you know, I'm going to be obedient. I don't have everything. I only have something very simple from God. But I'm going to dare to share, maybe at my collective this week. If it's encouraging, if it's edifying, if it's in line with the Bible, can't do any harm. 
It might be that you think I'm going to stir up uh, sort of sharing and, and come to the front and share a little bit more in meetings. We make space for that. So many of you are already so wonderful at that. I know it's scary. If you ever want to run it past Bill or me first, that's fine. And in particular, as well as earnestly desiring God's voice, I wonder if for some of us it's about slowing down our week a little bit. Or softening up our hearts a little bit. You remember that lovely story with Samuel? And he keeps hearing this voice calling his name. The first three times he thinks it's old man Eli. Because often when God speaks, it's very unweird, it's very normal. Very easy to mistake for normality. And then on the fourth time, he says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I wonder if some of us, we just need to pray that prayer afresh. Maybe you used to cling on every word God said. You used to share words more with others, but life's happened and you've dumbed it down a little bit. Maybe you even got hurt. And he's just wanting to bring us back to that place of saying, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So just a moment, we're going to take a minute just to reflect. But in a moment, I'd love to invite those of you who sense this is a particular invitation to you today it's kind of a marker yes I, I'm I, I really want to earnestly desire God's voice I am spiritually a little bit starving I need every word that proceeds from the mouth of the father I'm going to slow myself down a little bit more to listen this week I, I, I'm I, I'm going to soften up my heart where it's got a little hard to God's word I'm going to step out of my comfort zone a little bit and begin to just be obedient and try things, even if it means driving to a roadside cafe and having a meaningful coffee. I'm just going to be a little more attentive. At work, before a meeting, I'm going to ask, Lord, are you saying something to this person? And then, this is important, what is an appropriate way of sharing a prophecy with someone who doesn't believe in God? <laughs> it's probably going to be a question. Not a, thus saith the Lord. But let's just resensitize ourselves to his leading and his speaking. And so at one level, I hope this is for everyone. But I'm sure there are some people here like, no, that's, that's nailed it for me today. <laughs> that's what God's saying to me. And you just want to put a marker in. And so I'd love to pray for those people in a moment. So if that's you, could you just stand where you are? We're just going to pray a prayer for the Spirit to come. And, and just open your ears afresh. Soften your heart. And just help you to step out a bit more. No one feel pressured to stand. Some of you are already doing this in the most beautiful way. And now just before I pray for you, would you just talk to the Lord a tiny bit in the privacy of your own heart? If there are any areas you feel you need to repent of, if there's any way in which you've slightly hardened your heart or busied God out.
And now I'd love all those of you standing, if you don't mind, if you feel comfortable doing this, just would you put your hands over your, your ears? Um, not too tight so you can still hear me. But Spirit of God, we pray that you would come and open our ears to hear every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. Speak to us this week. And now would you put your hand over your heart? Spirit of God, would you soften our hearts, make us fertile ground for the revelation that you want to bring. Where we are often too busy or too independent, we make ourselves available again to your word. And now, Lord, for the whole church, we pray that you would bring us into this season of even deeper revelation. We pray for a release of dreams and visions, angelic visitations. We pray, Lord, for words of knowledge, not just in church meetings, but in the workplace. We pray, Lord God, for a release of all of your gifts. We thank you for those five young people receiving the gift of tongues. We pray that you would multiply that in our midst. We pray for gifts of healing, gifts of revelation, Come in power. We know the kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but of power. So we ask you would come amongst us in power. Holy Spirit, amen. Let's all stand together, shall we, as we close. And I think as we sing this, if you've got kids uh, at the kids' activities, then you may want to just go and grab them now. We're going to sing. We, we haven't got to rush off today, but we're going to sing maybe uh, one or two more songs, and then Bill will close. So, uh, but if you've got kids and you don't mind, could you go and get them now? Thank you.